Hi, welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. Thank you for joining us. If you would like to know more about us, feel free to visit us online at lighthousevineyard.church. Enjoy the message. Hello, everyone. Again, my name is Clint Schwartz. I'm the lead pastor. I uh, wanted to give a quick update on what we've done with some of those outreach funds. So Westside Elementary School is right across the street from us here. And we have worked with the administration to just find out what we can do to bless them and bless the teachers. And one of the things that they asked would be for us to give them some school supplies. So here's an image of the school supplies that we bought for them, about seven or $800 worth of school supplies. And the reason for that is what they're gonna do is take those school supplies and put them in packets to give to like new students, transfer students. A lot of times the kids that are coming in will maybe have school supplies, um, but kids that transfer throughout the year, the, the teachers are the ones who usually go out and buy them school supplies. So they're going to have these uh, in a storage area for all the teachers when they have transfer students coming in to make sure that the kids do get uh, what they need to be able to, to do school. So that's kind of fun. Thank you guys for your generosity. It allows us to be generous here as well. So this summer, we're doing a message series where we are starting off uh, each week with a top 10, and we've had a lot of fun ones along the way, so today I decided to go spiritual, all right, so it is a church, so we're going to do the top 10 most popular verses, Bible verses from 2021, which was right in the middle of the pandemic, so you can kind of catch a theme with uh, these verses, there's, there's do not fear is one of those themes, uh, evangelism is one of those themes, and you'll catch that, so Number 10 is Matthew 28, 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. So definitely an evangelistic type verse. Philippians 4, 6 is number 9. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Do you think anyone was anxious the last couple years? Yeah, that was a good verse to, to know. And by the way, if you want to memorize some verses, these are all very, very good verses to memorize. Number eight, Romans 12, two, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And we definitely needed that this past year, right? There was a lot of things pushed at us, things that we were like being trying trying to be forced to believe, and we're trying to understand what is God's will, and that was a great verse for the last couple years. Number seven is Proverbs 3, 6. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. And then number six is the verse right before it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We needed those two verses for sure. Number five is Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It's just a reminder that God is in control. He created it all. We can trust him. Number four, Philippians 4.13, I can do all this through him who gives me strength, right? So we can push through the challenges of this world through God who gives us strength. Number three is Romans 8.28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I think we've needed to be reminded of that, too, that God is working it out for good. All these difficult situations, God's working it out. Anyone get, have a guess as to the top two most popular verses in the last year? 
Jeremiah 29, 11 is one of them. Uh, that's number two, actually. Let's read that one. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. We definitely needed that one for sure. How about number one? What do you think? John 3.16, that's right. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. What the world needs today is God, right? It's Jesus Christ, their son, his son. So, yeah, those are the top 10 uh, most popular verses in 2021. Again, a great list to memorize. Uh, if, you're, if you haven't started memorizing verses, that's a great list to start with. So we're in a series called Top 10, a study of the Ten Commandments. And uh, so we're taking the summer to go through the top, uh, God's original Top 10, the Ten Commandments. And so far, we've only covered three. It's like middle of summer, and we're only not even halfway through, it feels like. So we have done no other gods, no idols, and don't misuse God's name. If you miss those messages, you can go back and watch those online. I would encourage you to get caught up on those. But today we're going to talk about number four. Anyone know what number four is? Remember the Sabbath. Just look at your message notes. It's right there at the top. So (laughs) that's where we're going to be. All right. So you can turn your Bibles to Exodus chapter 20, verses 8 through 11. I think those verses might be on your handout as well. We'll have them on the screen. And you're welcome to use your smartphones to follow these verses. So number four is remembering the Sabbath, starting with verse 8. Exodus chapter 20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son or daughter, nor your male or female servants, nor your animals, nor any foreigner residing in your towns. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Now if we're going to go through, um, if you want to go forward to Exodus chapter 31, I'm going to read this uh, section, verses 12 through 15. This is when um, God is restating this to Moses, okay? So he said it originally to the children of Israel when he listed out the Ten Commandments, but then he restates it in verse 12 to Moses. He says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, You must observe my Sabbaths. This will be a sign between me and you for the generations to come, so you may know that I am the Lord who makes you holy. Observe the Sabbath, because it is holy to you. Anyone who desecrates it is to be put to death. Those who do any work on that day must be cut off from their people. For six days work is to be done, but the seventh day is a day of of Sabbath rest, holy to the Lord. Whoever does any work on Sabbath day is to be put to death. So God was saying, we need to work for six days, but take the seventh day as a day of rest. And he was also saying that I did the same thing. Just a reminder back in Genesis. So turn there, first book of the Bible, to Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to just read a couple of verses there where God talks about resting on the seventh day. So chapter 2, 
Starting with verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So the Jewish, in the Jewish calendar, the, week, the, week, the work week starts on Sunday. All right, so on the Jewish calendar, Sunday is day number one, making Saturday day number seven. So in the Jewish calendar, they honor the Sabbath on Saturday. They actually start Friday night at sunset, and it runs until Saturday night at sunset during that 24-hour period. And during that time, they don't do any work. Now, work is kind of an ambiguous term, right? Like, what does it mean to not do any work. So the word in the Hebrew is malaka, something like malaka, something like that, which means occupation, business, work, labor, service. So you can get an idea that what God was saying is six days you can work and produce and make money and run your business, but on the seventh day you need to take a break, you need to stop. You know, it's a holy day, so stop on the seventh day. Well, in the, the true uh, nature of humanity, that wasn't good enough for the Jewish people, right? They said, well, what does it mean to work? I mean, can I, can I do this and maybe not? You know, they, they, they needed to know. And so they created a ton of religious rules around what you can and can't do on the Sabbath. In fact, if, if you do a little research, you can find pretty easily the 39 categories of things that you cannot do on the Sabbath. Here's a, uh, a slide of those. They have them broke up into four main topics, bread making, garment making, high preparation, and construction. And so the things that you can't do on the Sabbath are things like planting and plowing and reaping and gathering or shearing and laundering and combing and dyeing. Trapping, killing, skinning, preserving, writing, erasing, constructing, demolishing. They, they created these, these categories of things that you cannot do. And so I looked up a few of them. Let me read the definition of writing. Like you cannot write on the Sabbath let me, let me, in the Jewish law. This includes all forms of writing and drawing, typing, printing, and using a rubber stamp all come under this heading. The main objective of writing is the keeping of records, and therefore, the spirit of the law forbids any activity normally requiring a written record. Thus, the Sanhedrin forbade all sorts of business activity, as well as marriage and divorce on the Sabbath. Calculations and measurements are also included since they also normally involve writing. Gambling and playing games of chance are also included in this category. You get, you get an image of this? They took a commandment by God where he says, thou shalt remember the Sabbath and keep it holy, and it turned into this legalistic religious law system. And the Sanhedrin and the Pharisees, they ran this, and they would walk around looking for anyone that was doing anything contrary to the law that they had written, and they, they studied, and they would throw you out of the synagogue. I mean, in the worst case scenario, they would stone you to death if you broke the Sabbath. But they were following what they called the letter of the law without following the original 
intent of the law. Now, Jesus comes along, and he pushed against so much what the Pharisees and the Sadducees taught. And uh, in this area of the Sabbath, it was the same thing. Jesus pushed against it and said, you don't understand what God originally meant. And so here's a, an example of that. In Mark chapter 2, verses 23 through 28, one Sabbath, Jesus was going through the grain fields. And as his disciples walked along, they began to pick some heads of grain. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Harvesting. They were harvesting. The Pharisees said to him, look, why are they doing what is unlawful on the Sabbath? He answered, have you never read what David did when he and his companions were hungry and in need? In the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread. This is in the book of 1 Samuel. David was running from Saul, and him and his companions were starving, and they came across a tabernacle, and they said, do you have any food to eat? Because we're about to faint. And the priest gave him the consecrated bread, which was lawful only for the, the high priest, the priest to eat. And uh, he gave it to him. And, and Jesus is using this example to show this, this was all about taking care of us. This was not about legalism. Anyway, let me finish this. So in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, he entered the house of God and ate the consecrated bread, which is lawful only for the priests to eat. And he also gave them some to his companions. Then he said this. Now listen to this. The Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. The Sabbath was made for man. It was for your good that I created this Sabbath. And it's supposed to serve you. And yet now you're creating these man-made rules where we now have to serve the Sabbath. And he was... You know, just calling out the hypocrisy of it all. Verse 20, it says, So the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. In another example, Jesus heals a man with a shriveled hand on the Sabbath. On the Sabbath. So Mark chapter 3 says, Another time Jesus went into the synagogue, and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus, so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, stand up in front of everyone. Then Jesus asked him, which is lawful on the Sabbath? To do good or to do evil? To save a life or to kill? But they remained silent. He looked around at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts because the answer should be obvious, right? The answer should be obvious. And he says to the man, stretch out your hand. He stretched it out, and his hand was completely restored. Now listen to the teachers of the law, the Pharisees and Sadducees, their response. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus because he healed on the Sabbath. Jesus understood the original intent of the law. And that's what he was pushing against. Not the letter of the law. He's pushing against the original intent. He's saying, this is what my Father in heaven meant. To do good is something that's allowed on the Sabbath to do good. And so he goes on in several incidences 
Um, in Luke chapter 13, he heals a, a woman crippled uh, for 18 years. He, he heals her on the Sabbath. In Luke chapter 14, he heals a man suffering from abnormal swelling on the Sabbath. John chapter 5 heals a lame man on the Sabbath and then tells him to pick up the mat that he was laying on and, and carry it and, and go. And that was illegal because that's work if you're carrying something on the Sabbath. And he says, take your mat and go home. You've just been healed. And then uh, in John chapter 9, he makes mud on the ground, which you can't do that either. That's considered work in their religion. And he puts it on a blind man's eyes and heals him on the Sabbath. So again, Jesus again and again and again is saying, the, the Sabbath was made for us. The Sabbath was made for us. So today, um, our message title is simply, Remember the Sabbath Day. And what I want to do is give a, a couple of original intentions of the Sabbath. I don't want us to become all legalistic about what we can and can't do on the Sabbath, but I want us to practice the Sabbath because God created the Sabbath for us. It is a benefit for us. So I'll give us a couple of reasons that we should honor the Sabbath, but first let me pray. Lord, we thank you for your word, and God, I thank you that um, you, you gave us these original Ten Commandments to teach us what is right, what is just, what is the proper thing to do for you and what the proper thing is to do for others and for ourselves, God. So, Lord, I pray that you would help us to understand how this applies to us today in our culture. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, the very first thing, these are easy points. The Sabbath day is a day to rest. It's a day to rest. Verse 15 says, For six days work is to be done. But the seventh day is a day of Sabbath rest. It's a day to rest. So God set aside the seventh day out of every work week and said, you shall take a day, take a break from your work and rest. But he, Jesus also said, but the reason for this is because the Sabbath was made for you. This is for your benefit if you take a day and rest. So in the same way, if you think about our bodies, right, our physical bodies, our physical bodies need a daily time of sleeping, right? If we don't get sleep, you know, if we stay up for 24, 36, 48 hours, we can't even function. We can't hardly, you know, stay awake. We get confused. Um, we become lethargic. We're certainly not very productive. So God designed our bodies to sleep, need sleep every day. Now, he didn't need to do that, right? There's, there's not a, a reason that God did that like in, in our world. Yes, it does get dark for a period of time, but he could have designed us just to stay awake all the time. But he said, no, I want you to sleep every day because his mercies are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness. When we wake up in the morning, it's a new day. It's a fresh start. And he knew that we needed that psychologically. I don't know about you, but there are some days I just need to put to rest, right? I mean, like, this was a bad day. I don't want to continue that day into the next one. I just want to go to bed and just wake up and start things all over again, right? A fresh start. God created the work week very much like that. He says, for six days, go ahead. Go ahead and work. Get things done. He said, but 
take a day and rest so that you can start fresh anew on Monday and you'll the next day after your Sabbath and continue on. And I believe that he designed us, our whole bodies, you know, physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. He created us to need a day of rest every week, just like we need to sleep every day. And when we don't get that day, we're not going to be as productive. It's not going to be good for us relationally. It's not going to be good for us spiritually. We're missing an opportunity that God has created for us. Let me give you an example. So um, several years ago, I was working at Memorial Hospital, and we had this major project coming up. And I remember that week because we were intense. There was a lot going on. And so I decided I needed to come in on Saturday, and I put in a full day of work on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I'm like, I still got things to do. So I went in and worked a full day on Sunday. And then I, and I, and for the week, I put in around 70 hours. And then on Monday, I remember getting up, driving into work and going, oh, wasn't I just here? I mean, I, I couldn't even imagine, like, I got a full week ahead of me. It just, just, it just all started blurring together. And I will tell you, I wasn't very productive <laughs> that week. You know, I just kept on working. See, God knows, I think, that left on our own, that's what we would do. Okay, I'm just going to. I'm just going to keep working. I'm just going to keep working. I'm just going to keep working. But way, the way God created us, though, is he said, no, no, no. You need to stop. You need to take a break, and you need to rest. You need to rest. Um, a vineyard pastor of mine, though, he talked about the Sabbath, and he said, rest looks differently for everybody. That's your next fill-in. The Sabbath day rest can look different for each of us. See, what does it mean to rest? What does it mean to rest, okay? Um, and this is what he said, which I really appreciated. He said, if you work with your hands, then you should Sabbath with your mind. And if you work with your mind, you should Sabbath with your hands. And I was like, talk to me about that. Because there was a time when I worked construction and I worked with my hands. And then, you know, right now, as a pastor, you know, mostly I, I work with my mind. Now, some of you think I only work Sunday morning for two hours. But I actually do work through the week, and I do things, there's stuff. Uh, but I, I don't work physically very often like I used to. Um, so this, I work mostly with my mind and in relationships and so on. And so um, what he is saying is that you need to take a break from whatever is your occupation. So if you work with your mind, when it comes to your Sabbath, you may not need to physically lay around and sleep all day. You might need to be active physically so that it causes your mind to be focused on a project or something like that. And so your mind actually takes a break. For those of you that own your own business, you understand that, right? I mean, mentally, you can just keep working seven days a week. And really, what you might need to do is, is take a break mentally by being active physically, and while you're focused on a project, whatever, your mind actually takes a break from its occupation. Now, vice versa, if you work physically, I was talking to uh, a young man who works uh, in construction, and he said that he worked on Saturday night um, till like 11 o'clock. He was working second shift last night in construction, and he was so looking forward to today's Sabbath rest because he could physically just ah, take a break 
and let his body recuperate and, you know, recover so that Monday he's fresh again. So if you work with your hands, you probably should take a break and then maybe uh, do something with your mind. You know, read a book, um, watch another sermon, things like that. But there are ways to stay active mentally even though you're taking a break physically. Does that make sense? So that helped me a lot um, because uh, I, I felt this pressure on my Sabbath. And by the way, my Sabbath is Monday. So I, I consider today a work day for me. So Mondays is the day that I, I don't work for the church Many of you know that because you've tried to contact me on Monday and I say, sorry, out of the office, contact me on Tuesday. Uh, but I try to not work for the church on Mondays, but you might see me out in the garage working on a project on Monday afternoons or maybe, you know, working in the yard, things like that, because it's good for me on Mondays to be active, you know, doing something, just not doing something for the church. Does it make sense? Taking a break from our occupation. Um, <laughs> now, let's talk to uh, parents of young children. <laughs> you, you never get a break, right? I mean, it, it is hard to take what we consider a Sabbath rest if you have little ones that need you all the time. And I would just say, find a way. Try to find a way to, to even rest when you have children. That's what grandparents are for, right? I mean, just whatever you can do, try to find a way to rest on your Sabbath because we need it. We physically need it. Now, as a side note, um, I wasn't going to include this. I kind of debated back and forth because this doesn't apply to all of us, but it might apply to some of us here. Um, God said, for six days, work is to be done. So there's that first part of the scripture is, for six days, work is to be done. That means that God intended us to work. He intended us to be productive. He intended for us to do things, to accomplish things. We don't need a Sabbath rest if we haven't done anything the whole week, okay? Just putting that out there. So the week wasn't made to just entertain ourselves, all right? The... The work week is meant to produce, to accomplish, to get things done. Now, again, if, if you're a stay-at-home mom, you have children, I mean, you're working all the time. There's always things to be done. But for some of us, we're like, ah, man, I'll, I'll maybe work a day this week, and then I'm going to just take the rest of the week off. That's okay if it's your vacation. But if that's your lifestyle, I don't think that's what God intended. All right? He wants us to be productive. He wants us to, to, and again, being productive for the kingdom can mean all kinds of things. It can mean making phone calls or writing letters or, you know, just doing what we can to, to help people and to further the kingdom. There's a lot to be done if we execute on our purpose statement as a church, right? To love God, love people, and shine Jesus. And if you're like, I just don't know. I don't have anything to do. Call me. I will find something for you to do. There is always something to do around the church. I will make sure that you have plenty to keep you busy. All right. That part was for free, okay? That wasn't actually included in your cost in coming here today. All right, so the Sabbath day is a day to rest. The second point is the Sabbath is a day to worship. And I do think this is the more important part of the Sabbath. It's a day to worship. Exodus 
20, verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. You notice he says holy. He doesn't say just say rest. He says make it holy. Verse 10 of chapter 20. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. It's for him. And Genesis 2, 3. Then God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. So the Sabbath day is a special day devoted to God. It is a day that we are supposed to rest and take a break from our work, but it's not just all about us. It is a day that we are supposed to be setting aside to honor God, to worship God, to study his scripture, to pray to God, all those things. It's a holy day. Now, I will say it is difficult to honor the Sabbath in America today for many, many people. There was a time in our culture when nothing was open on Sundays, right? Remember that time? Anybody remember that time? Yeah, many of us. It's just like the young people are like, what? What did you do? I mean, Starbucks wasn't open. I don't even know how I would survive, right? No, there was a day when nothing was open on Sundays, and it was a day to come together, to go to a church service. It was a day to spend time with family. It was a day of rest. Remember that? But now, and I will say this, by the way, it's because of us that things are open on Sundays because we are consumers and we want our Starbucks 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I guess at least seven days a week, right? We want to go and purchase things. So that means that somebody has to work on Sundays. And so there are a lot of businesses that are now working on Sundays. And so I, I understand that, you know, you may be one of those individuals that has to work on Sundays every other Sunday. I know hospitals have to, you know, take care of patients on the weekends, firemen, policemen. You know, you have a lot of people who are working on Sundays. So the point is we need to find a day to commit to God, all right? It doesn't have to be Sundays for you if that doesn't work. And again, I'd be a hypocrite if I said that was the case because I work on Sundays. So my day is Monday. So what that means is I don't go to church on Monday. I haven't found a church that's open on Monday. Have you? I mean, I haven't. Let me know. So there's no churches that are open and doing services that in our area on Monday mornings. So what I do is I go into nature, and that's my church. All right? So I'll go to Oxbow. I'll go for a walk in the woods. I'll listen to worship music. I'll talk to God. And that's my, that's my church service. And that works really, really well for me. And God knows that that's my church service. So he knows that I reserve Monday mornings to spend time with him. And, and our God is a jealous God. He wants to spend time with me on Monday mornings. I believe that in the same way I look forward to my Sabbaths, I think God looks forward to it even more. Now, the other Monday, a few weeks ago, um, my friend Ron had the week off. He had Monday off. And I said, well, let's go fishing on Monday. And uh, it was my Sabbath. I'm supposed to worship. But I thought, ah, God will be all right. Have you ever done that? Like you've thought about going to church on a Sunday morning. And you're like, ah, I'm tired. I just want to do what I want to do, whatever. Um, but it was one of those times I'm like, I'm just going to go fishing on Monday morning. And so we went fishing. And Ron's a really good fisherman, by the way. He's a much better fisherman than I am. Um, but he's not this much better. Like, he was catching fish left and right. Just every time he went out, he's catching them, and I'm throwing out there, and I'm not getting anything. I'm not getting anything. Finally, I hooked a pretty good-sized bass, and it came in, and then it broke my line, 
right when I got by the boat, just like God saying, <laughs> you know, just laughing at me. And so I, and I'm fishing for bass, right? And so Ron's just pulling him in. He's looking at me, you know, like, what's wrong with you? And so I'm not holding my own, you know, in our, in our fishing endeavors. And so finally I hooked a fish. I bring it in. And seriously, it was a bat. I mean, it was a, it was this, it was a bluegill. I mean, I don't even know how I caught a bluegill on a bass bait, but it was this big. That's all I caught. It was a terrible day of fishing. And the whole time, you know what God's saying to me? Huh. It's the Sabbath, isn't it? Yeah. I'm resting, God. I'm resting. Yeah, but you're not worshiping. You're not worshiping. And, and, and it was one of those lessons for me. God speaks to me pretty dramatically. He'll just, like, do black and white. He'll just make it really, really clear that this is the case. Because, again, like I said, Ron was catching fish left and right, and I didn't catch anything that day. It was terrible. Now, what was funny was just, like, four days later on Friday night, um, we decided to go fishing again because we didn't actually catch enough fish to have a fish fry because I didn't hold my own. So anyway, um, so we went fishing again. And within like the first three casts, uh, after we pushed off from the dock, I caught this bass. I have a photo of it, um, which I think might be the biggest fish, the biggest bass I've ever caught. Uh, definitely the biggest one in a long time. And you know what God was saying to me in that? See, if you, if you do it right, I'll bless you. Now, it could have been just a coincidence, right? No, that's, that's not the way God speaks to me. He speaks to me through situations. And what God was saying to me is, remember the Sabbath day. Make it holy. Spend time with me. Give me your first fruits. And so, again, I'm, I'm your pastor, and God is still teaching me lessons. And I'm excited that we get to take time to learn about the Sabbath because I think we all need to learn to apply it every week. This is not something where God says, take a Sabbath day every, every month. You know, the average attendance in church anymore for a regular attender is three, three out of eight times, three out of eight weeks. And so we have many people who are remembering the Sabbath, you know, every other week or once a month. That's what's happening. And God would say, no, this is something I want you to do every week. It's for you, it's best for you, but it's for me too. It's one of the ways that we show God that we love him is by remembering the Sabbath. That's your last fill-in. Skipping a Sabbath isn't very loving to God. Skipping a Sabbath isn't very loving to God. And by the way, I'm not going to get real legalistic about what that means. There's enough legalism out there. It's the intent of the Sabbath is to take time to rest from our work and to take time to honor God and worship Him. I'm going to... Well, that's it for today's message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to find out more about us at lighthouseofinner.church. Thank you for being part of our family, and we will see you next time.